I see you in Texas. Yeah, Texas. Where where at? Houston. Oh, what school are you at? Uh, Goose Creek Memorial in Baytown. Uh, okay. Baytown. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, east side. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you at? I'm in Austin. I'm at oh. a. Uh, I'm at uh, one of the Kip schools, Brave High School. Okay. I'm actually a, a a math and ESL teacher. Oh, very nice. So not not a music teacher. I'm not that cool, you know. <laughs> Do you help out with the drumline stuff? No, they don't have a drumline. I help out with their guitar stuff, though. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, the uh, what what's kind of like your your background? Are you from Texas? Are you from the Austin area? I'm from Houston. Oh, you I are. To, yeah, yeah. I went to Nimitz High School. I stayed in Greenspoint for there a long go. time. Um, yeah, man. Um, Who's who taught you? A couple people. Uh, this guy named Brian Mandela. I think he's at Atascacita right now. Okay. Um, Howard Gardner, not Howard Gardner. I forget his first name. Gardner uh, and Lamar Burkhalter. Yeah. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. I'm on the Texans drum line, so Lamar, Lamar. Ah, uh, yeah, he he was like a, a, yeah, he helped me out a lot. Yeah, man. Up. He's a he's a legend around, well, the entire state, really, just based Not on, uh, based on you know, he's the whole reason why, well, part of the reason why we have, um, you know, uh, full time percussion directors, you know, so it's. He was one of the first ones, and like you know, it's 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 fun to like pick his brain. You know, I, I spent a lot of time with him, and uh, yeah, he's 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 a brilliant guy, man. And he like, yeah, you just gotta you you always think about that when I talk to him. It's like that respect, you know, for yeah, trailblazing, you know. So it, yeah, I uh, I'm trying to you know kind of just make sure that like. I'm trying to make sure, like, you, I don't know if you ever think about this, but like, I definitely want to, I definitely want to honor the, the kind Investment. of like, yeah, well, honor the lineage too. You know, you want you want to honor the people that came before us and everything, and um, it's it's one of those things where like people from other states look at these positions and they're like, yeah, you know. Uh, I wish I could have that. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, a whole, yeah. it's a whole different world. So you just want to make sure you respect it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and I do feel the same similar way, Josh, because for me, it's just like, uh, I can't I can't say thank you enough. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Especially someone like Lamar, you know? Absolutely. Or my all my other band directors, so. Yeah, absolutely. And these, those are the kind of kids that, you know, you do it for. You know, like the ones like us who were like, you changed my life. You know, you're, yeah. you're the one who showed me the way. And it wasn't just about drums, you know. Necessarily. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you reached out based on the fact that you're presenting at Pacing. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, man. What's, uh, what's, the, uh, what's the topic? What, what are we going to be seeing? It's called motion capture analysis of snare drumming technique. Okay, cool. Uh, so it is basically it's like uh, for this part of the presentation or for this round of the presentation, I did four drummers with their right arm only at the uh, shoulder. There's a marker at the shoulder, at the elbow, and at the uh, ulna and radius bone at its most distal or furthest away right before it gets to the wrist. So I get 3D, 3D data from that. 
and I'm able to see uh, movement pathways that those four drummers use. Okay, cool. So the um, what what's kind of like the uh, the goal with it? Is it is it to analyze further? You know how how we operate, or is it along? Is it is it a scientific reason, or is it like a health reason, or like kind of what's what's like the the goal? It's kind of multifaceted. The, the full research uh, is on on uh, one person does like uh, four different things, like uh, snare, drum set, guitar, and dancing, as well as on the snare portion. There's about if I want to say correctly, a year gap. And there's three experiments for that one person to where you can see the development of their technique. Mm -hmm. And then there's a comparison across the three other different drummers with that fourth person. Um, one, one of the goals is just purely transcription, like motion transcription, just to see what it looks like, to see how, if everybody's the same, if everybody's different. Of course, everybody's different. Uh, as far as like the intricacies of how they move, right? Everybody has a signature necessarily, oh, okay. or at least everybody in this experiment, right? But, you know, as a drummer, you know that, or as a teacher, you know that. Um, even though it's on the same basic ideas, like a full stroke or a downstroke or a tap stroke, you know, buzz roll, certain select rudiments too. And there is some, there is some, uh, there can be some medical applications as far as like, how to spot an injury or how to uh or how to mitigate that injury through certain like by changing certain movement pathways but i don't have enough data for that to say mm. that you know what i'm saying yeah is like there, right now right now is there a is there an ideal motion that you found works more is it is it about efficiency or is it about, about efficiency yeah it's, it's about, about efficiency it is so what's like the uh, I don't know if you want to give away the whole. No, nah, that'd nah, be great. Uh, no, no. But... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, one of the guys, trans we transcribed the uh, like a molar sort of technique from the guy, and and over time, like his motions were like they got more consistent over that year span. If that makes any sense. Okay. Like the averages of of, of how of where the wrist, you know. Uh, would strike the drum in that 3D space, got a lot more consistent as well. Um, and this kind of shows like how, excuse me, like a, a lint. It kind of <laughs> <all> <laughs> shows how, uh, um, like how basic strokes would fit inside of the rudiments also. So like what we practice as drum teachers or drummers ourselves, uh, it just maps like a mathematical idea to that pedagogical idea. Did that answer your question? Because I'm I can always go. No, no, answer. Okay. In, in okay. sense of like, I think with technology, I think uh, percussionists percussion tends to kind of catch up. I've I've explained this a little bit before on this podcast, but uh, I feel like. I feel like there's a lot that we can learn that we can still learn just because our art form is so young. Right. And I feel like we're still in the developmental times of it right now in a sense of like, if I go and let's say 
let's say your research and your experiments uh, develop into something that turns into an entire pedagogical tool, um, we may be, you know, just keep pushing the bar higher and higher with our activities, whether it's drum set or marching activity or what. I don't know what kind of realm you're aiming for, unless it's just a general application, but um, there's something to be said about like how people are willing to experiment, you know, because we are still in that. I think people forget, like if you look at it from a vantage point, we are still in that developmental time of our, yes. mm-hmm. of, of our art form. I, I, I think most people would agree with that, you know, especially for drum set. Oh yeah, absolutely. Drum set is like one of the newest instruments around. Um, and to piggyback on your point, it's so interesting, like how, even though it's one of the newest instruments, there's so many people believe in like so many rules when it comes to drum set. If that right. makes any sense. Unlike the snare drum, I, I I do personally believe there are rules to playing snare drum. Not necessarily drum set though. You know what I'm saying? Because it's so new. Right, I agree. You know? Okay. So in what do you think the rules are with snare drum? Just curious, because I know the the original application on the American side was, you know, military based. But well, yeah. What 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 do you think the what do you think the rules could fall under? Well, I'm definitely biased because I, I was in the Marine Corps band. So okay, there you go. It's just like, yeah, I think that's what you should do if you want to play snare drum. You know, <laughs> you know that makes sense. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like whatever that entails, uh, you know, uh, approaching rudimental mastery um, all the way from the basic strokes, all 40, even some of the hybrids. Right. Because, it's you know, now the military music is like a modern practice now. It's not necessarily we're not, you know, we're not getting shot at anymore, you know, right. playing drums, you know. Not getting sent uh, out first. <laughs> we're not getting sent out first, you know, in front of everybody. Hey, right. hey, guys, come on, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what to do with this rhythm right here before exactly I get blasted. Yeah. So. Exactly. And I'm only 12 too. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I found these sticks on the ground like exactly. five minutes ago. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just like, yeah. Um, I mean, that's what a lot of the guys did, you know, as far as like, um, if you think about, about all, all, a lot of the drum set players, they were, they learned from not per se military drummers, but in that vein. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because even, even during that time, I say like the forties and fifties, there were still like community bands playing Sousa and like Harry Fillmore and stuff like that. So it was, it was a little bit more ingrained in the culture and there was a set way of doing things. Right. Then, yeah, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, we have what we have because of the military experience and because of the military history behind it. We have drum corps because of that. You know, we have uh, we have rudimental drumming because of it. We have so many different things because of that realm. And, you know, if you look at somebody like Jeff Prosper or the Hellcats in general keeping those traditions alive, for the army side of things, um, you know, historically, I, I firmly believe it is important for students to know that. And percussion history was a huge part of my graduate program, but nice. And I loved it. You know, just I like kind of like knowing that kind of stuff. That's just my personal, my personal thing. But at at the end of the day, like, 
the fact that we are still developing it and where it came from and where it's going is pretty exciting. I don't know what the ceiling is. That's hard to, that's kind of hard to gauge, I think. I, I don't know what the ceiling is. I don't know if the ceiling involves electronics. Um, I don't know if it involves um, experimenting, like kind of with what you're doing of what the physical, what the physicality limits are of the human body and how, how could we really maximize that? Um, so it's hard to gauge, I think, with what the ceiling is. I often think about that. It's like, how good could we get at this? Yeah, I mean, and I think for snare drum, the improvements, I think up to a certain point, and I, you know, I could be still at the beginning, but it's like to a certain point, like your improvements are so minimal, you know, right. from year to year even, not even, not even talking day to day, you know. Or week to week, from like year to year. Once you get to a certain point, it's just like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm like a click faster, you know, mm-hmm. or like, or like that, 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 that cheese is, you know, that double on that cheese, that flam is getting a little crisper, you know, it's flowing a little better, you know, a little bit. I, good. Well, I'm just saying we sign up for the, for the lifelong journey. Yeah, like yeah we yeah, sign yeah. up for the long game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I've been interested in is seeing. Is seeing how I can take whatever that movement pattern is for snare drum. Since I developed it, you know, for so long in my life, like more than half my life at this point, as we all have, right? That's why right. snare drum. Yeah. Um, how to how I can use that information to get better, not only at snare drum, but like at other music stuff too. You know. Right. I'm almost thinking like a logician, almost like just almost pure logic. You know. Oh yeah, I, I, I think with with somebody who already strives for versatility amongst percussion anyway or music in general, um, I'm always looking for that for that edge. You know, I'm looking for that that thing that I need to work on for the long game. And if it's I got to sit there and play triple laterals with four mounts, and I need to do it. You know, and nice. I don't yeah. I don't know if I need to sit on the ground and, and do it like I did it like when I was in in college, but I'm not afraid to do that. I think that's what what makes a what what makes a good percussionist, a good snare drummer, a good marimbist, a good hand drummer is the fundamentals and being fundamentally sound. And I think the better we get at the fun, you see it in professional sports. The better people are at fundamentals, the more the more they can build on top of that. And yeah. I, I always use Steph Curry as an example in my students. Steph Curry is doing an hour and a half warm up of just fundamentals before the game, every game, every day. And nice. I just can't, I can't stress that enough and whatever helps us develop those even further, maybe like through your researchers and, you know, amongst others, mm-hmm. uh, the more the merrier, in my opinion, I, I think like kind of back to kind of back to, I'm curious, what have you found through all this, what have you found that is the ideal? Oh, position? I don't have enough data for ideal, mm. right? So, because I had to transcribe a lot of, I had to transcribe a lot of like really good snare drummers, right? Right. I only, I only had access to four, right? What 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 made you choose these these players? Uh, well, one of them was the probably most easiest. You know, one of them is me, so. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and the other, the other three are just buddies of mine that went to University of Texas. 
mm-hmm. and who were in the percussion studio and who yeah. I had a relationship with, you know. Yeah, they, uh, they have a great program up there. Thomas Burt runs a great program up there. It's highly respected. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, that's, uh, uh, yeah, I, I can understand not having enough data at this point. You know, it's, it's that, but that to me sounds like you're only going to get more and more, like you've well, laid it down, you know. The, the the goal is is to try to try to get well not only this information seen by as many people as possible, but I'm I'm really into that like cross collaboration sort of thing. You know, since it's really highly mathematic, it's highly mathematic, uh, technological. You know, it's a film study basically. You know, you were alluding like Steph Curry. You know, a lot of a lot of the athletes would say that film study is probably half of what you got to do in order to get to where you need to go. Right. Right. And that's a real, you know, that's an old school way of thinking, uh, thinking about it. That's what the boxers used to do. Right. Right. If we continue with the sports analogy. So if I can get other people to do this and, you know, it's their data, it's their experiment, you know, does that make any sense? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And it makes me ask the question, are drummers athletes? Potentially, like potentially, it takes a lot to, it takes a lot to hit the drum. First of all, I remember, I remember, you know, hitting the rim a lot, you know, right, uh, losing the stick, you know, uh, running out of energy after a minute, not knowing how to breathe, all that stuff, you know, you know, right. you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I, um, I up to marching like, you know, up to marching like five mile parades, you know, mm-hmm. in the Marine Corps. So I mean. Yeah, that argument can be made, definitely. I think so, especially with modern marching arts, just what it calls for these days. All yeah, marching, they're, they're, marching athletes, you know. Yeah, they're they're moving around. I I was like, I'm good. Yeah, no, <laughs> let me I'll, stick in my straight lines and uh, <laughs> ninety degree turns, man. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, what what was that Marine Corps experience like? I'm sure you get that question a lot, but I'm I'm curious. Like, what being was it specifically snare drum? Like that's what you were responsible for, or what was it kind of like um, the basis of the experience? It was fifty percent snare drum, forty percent drum set, and ten percent other. You know, um, and they really stressed like that ten percent as other because most of your job is playing the snare drum, or right. playing some type of, you know, bass drum, snare drum, cymbal, you know, pre pre drum set orchestration, right? Right. So three, you know, three people, three instruments, sort of, sort of vibe. Unless you're marching, then you got three snares and cymbal and uh, bass drum. The overall experience was uh, it's different for everybody, right? But I had an amazing time. Um, my brother went to the Marine Corps year before me, so I kind of knew what was up. He wasn't in the band, but you know, we had some of the same drill instructors, you know. Okay. Um, and then going to the Navy school, that's where I picked up drum set. I never played drum set before. I was just like a snare drum dude, you know? Right. Um, like, well, like I was such a snare drum dude. Like, you know, Lamar let me play on the uh, Rockets drum line when he was doing that. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't. I didn't, I uh, didn't know that, actually. I'll have to ask back, him about that. That was back in, like, 2006. Yeah. I got to see Kobe play, you know, Yao yeah. Ming, Ray for Austin. Like that was a great of, Rockets time. That was a really good Rockets time. Yeah, it time. was. It was. Um, but anyway, um, man, and I was stationed in New Orleans. 
and I got exposed to a second line drummer, like yeah. in my face, you know, if that makes any sense. Like oh, I yeah. could see it. I was just like, man, these dudes are doing the same thing, but it sounds completely different, you know. There's a certain New Orleans swing to it, you know. It's that dirty, yep. that dirty Cajun swing that is nasty. Stanton Moore's got it in his second line grooves and Perlin Riley, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, Johnny V, Johnny Vidal. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I went to school. I went to my undergrad and is from Louisiana and Lake Charles. So nice. Um, yeah, I got to got to experience that culture for what it is. Cajun culture is just unbelievable. It and is. Especially when it comes to Zydeco and, and, you know, Cajun music in general. Second line is just, it's a feel that you can't be taught. It's why it's so, from what I hear, it's why it's so hard to get into New Orleans. It's like, you don't have that feel, you know, if you're not from there, it's hard to get a career going there if you're not aware of how they want it to feel versus yes another hard reason is that most of those bands like they're generational bands you know what i'm saying they're like they're like you know cousins and brothers and uncles and nephews and stuff um i was lucky enough uh to where some of the dudes like me and i was just able to you know hang out with them you know talk drums you know watch them play all the time. They let me take notes. You know, I never take video or audio, but, I, you know, I'd be like an anthropologist out there, you know? Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, musicology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it, you could write, you could write a whole, I think people have tried to write a book on New Orleans Drumming's a book by somebody, but you, know, you could, you could try to write it down, but it's just like, it's just one of those things you got to live it, you know? You have it's, to live it. Yeah. I learned that from watching guys that I knew that were from Lafayette or New Orleans or Baton Rouge. It's like, but yeah, they man, got that sound. They got yeah. that that sound. It's just greasy, you know. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's the same thing with Houston drummers. Houston drummers, you know, got not a distinct sound, but from what I understand, it's like a lot of top dudes come out of Houston. You know, like have real crisp, clean sound. You know, and can be versatile. You know. Yeah, Herman Matthews, um, you know, guys like that is when it comes to like versatility, I think that comes from Houston being a melting pot, you know. Yeah, like necessarily. It's, it's just huge in a in, in rich in culture that something I never realized until I was an adult, really, because I grew up here in the suburbs. But, you know, leaving and then coming back as an adult, uh, you kind of look around, you're like, wow, there's a lot of culture of here. Different. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Different culture just everywhere you look, you know, and it's I don't think it gets in the credit enough credit. People think Texas and they think just like and they think Austin's a live music place and they which, you know, it, it has a lot of that, but as far as like culturally rich ex, you know, being exposed to that different kinds of music, I think Houston is up there. I mean, like with anybody. I it's yeah. It's a world-class city, you know? I think coming back to Houston was like, oh, maybe somebody (laughs) could... Somebody could make it out here. You know, based on the people I've met, people who've played with huge artists who live around here, and it's like, you know, why Houston? Why Houston? It's like, dude, it's, it's a big city with a lot of opportunity, a lot of work for when you're not on the road. And, you know, it's an yeah. easy city to get in and out of. 
which is something I never like thought about when it comes to like people who who gig like that. But um, it was just kind of eye opening. I don't, I don't know if you've lived here, you know, since you grew up here, but something I found just being back here, it's it's really it, like I like I mentioned, it was really eye opening. You know. Yeah, I, I, I never. Excuse me. Very good. I didn't take out the time to uh, try out Houston in that manner. I was too focused on uh, New Orleans and Austin for a long time. And now just settling in Austin. Um, but I hear you there. Houston does have that. I hear that all the time from some of the musicians that live there. Yeah. How long? How long did you? Did you? How long were you in the Marine Corps? Just four years. I joined in 2007, got out in 2011, right after high school. Okay. Yeah, it's something I'd, I've considered maybe like, you know, sometimes they'll post those like auditions and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a career choice that a lot of people make based on, you know, based on the opportunity to make, make a living playing and also serving a higher purpose, you know, I, I think it comes along with that. Some people do it solely for the opportunity and uh, of getting to play for a living. And I think that's respectable as well. It's, it's a tough process, I think, especially when it comes to like the Air Force bands and Navy bands, but, and, you know, actually, well, any branch, really, it's just a matter of like, you look at these audition lists, you're like, oh my God, that is a deep list, dude. But they yeah. got to they gotta pick out the ones that, you know, that really, really want it and who deserve it, you know. Necessarily. What was your audition process like? Uh, man, can I remember? Uh, I was with my music recruiter, played down some rudiments, played down some snare drum. He was like, can you play drum set? I was like, I can't play any drum set. Play a couple of scales on the marimba. And they were like, all right, you're good. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. What, yeah what, was, what was the kind of like, when it comes to snare drum, what were kind of like the performances you guys would do? Was it ceremonial? Was it parade? Oh, you mentioned parades, but what kind of, what was that performance requirement like? A lot of ceremonies. So like a lot of military, which is, which is the main reason why I joined. Because for me, um, and of course I'm biased, you know, I felt like joining like a military band or the Marine Corps band is, that's like the pinnacle of rudimental drumming. Cause it's in the actual practice as far as ceremonial wise. Right. right. Um, so I got to learn a lot about like the history and stuff and through, and that's through the, mostly the ceremonies, you know? So like where there comes to the birthday ball or like, passing review or retirement ceremony or promotion ceremony it's, there's a lot of like just like uh, historical information inside of the music that you can't really like it's kind of like it's kind of like uh those louisiana drums you were talking about or the cajuns or new orleans drums can't really get that from a book you know no yeah. What was the personnel requirement? Was it you? Did you mention three snare drummers, or was it sometimes just three. one? Or if we're if we're outside marching, usually three snare drummers, one cymbal player, and a bass drum player. Rope drums, or was it modern Not Kevlar? Yeah yeah, 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 Kevlar. Gotcha. Yeah, we did was... a few rope drums gigs. 
like specialty or novelty or I, I forget what you call them. There's only a few though, not not too many. Yeah, those are those are arduous to play. You know. Oh, dude, I, I <laughs> Chop City. I, yeah, had, I used to mess around with one in grad school that we had. It was custom, you know, it had our school's logo on it, and they would use it wow. for ceremonies and graduations and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, I don't know. I got to, I got to like work up to play this, you know, graduation because the, the chop requirement, I was like, wow, you know, so. Were you playing on a synthetic hit or was it casket? No, it was synthetic. It was a okay. Remo, uh, probably a Remo Renaissance or something. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, artificial casking, but you know, it, it, it still it's had good. that kind of yeah. feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, man, you had to work, you had to work up for it. At least I did, you know, and I had been at the time I had been out of marching chops for a year or two and it was like, Oh man, I got to dig deep for these. You know? Yeah, man. But yeah. Um, a lot of state fairs too. Uh, I mean, I kind of fell in love with state fairs. Really? Uh, being in the Marine Corps, yeah, just like walking around, getting the turkey leg, you know. <laughs> like, just the most simplest thing, man. You know, corn it's crazy, dog, right? yeah. Yeah, corn dog, funnel cake, you know. That's funny. <laughs> that's, I mean, like, hey, that's why people like the Houston Rodeo. That's why people like the Texas State Fair. You know? Yeah, that's, yeah. Um vibe. And then been all over the United States. Not to every state, but almost every state. Because uh, the band in New Orleans is stationed with the Marine Forces Reserve headquarters, or it was at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so that means we, we got to travel to all these different different towns with Marine detachments, you know, like Jersey and and New York and, you know, Kansas, you know, places I can't even name right now because, <laughs> you know. The list is long. So long. Yeah, the list. I, lo- I love the places drums take you. You know, like it's, it's, it's incomparable. Sometimes, you know, it's like it's taken me all over. It's taken you know through drum corps and different experiences. But uh, but which which drum corps you march? Uh, Louisiana Stars is an open class corps. Yeah, um, in Lafayette. Yeah, I played vibraphone. I was in the front ensemble. Nice. Um, yeah, it was a good experience, man. Helped me out a lot. Met, met lifelong friends. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things where it's... Every time we hit the road, I was like, I cannot believe, like, I'm going to, like, Wisconsin, you know, or something like I had never been to the Midwest or anything like that before. So uh, it's a cool thing to think about. That's why I think I'm so passionate about it is because of how much it's given me. You know, I'm sure you could say the same. Um, yeah, I, I mean... I mean, drum corps, I think if you can expand that time for drum corps up to four years, you know, like 24 hours, seven yeah. days a week. Yeah. You know, that's what it's like being Marine Corps band, you know, yeah. and doing martial arts and shooting weapons, you know. Well, there you go. <laughs> this is just a cherry <laughs> on top. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cherry on top. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, I just remember hitting the road and just being like, I never... I never thought I would be in these places, you know, or perform in these stadiums or anything like that. And it just makes you want more like experiences like you had, you know, it makes you want more. It makes you appreciate the art form even more. Look at it as like a craft. I've, I've, I view it as a craft and have been viewing it that way for years now. 
and it just changes it changes the whole way you go about things. Yeah, I mean, like you're saying, like with Lamar, it's like the the musical aspect is yeah, it's, it's essential, but it's not the whole picture, you know. You know. Yeah, my my goal is to make my students better citizens through drums. You know, just nice. better better people overall, and holding them accountable. Like sometimes kids aren't held accountable in any other aspect of their life, and. I think that's important for us as like a society not to get too deep on it, but like, I think it's just our responsibility, you know, it's to look after the next generation in that sense of, and provide them all the tools, you know, that we had to find out and give them the, give them the tips and tricks. You know, it's one of those things just to make the world better. I think drones make the world better. I don't think we would, I don't think you have anything without, music in general, but drums especially, like, I was asked recently, you know, you grew up in Texas, you know how it is, how high school football is. It's like, mm-hmm. you can't have high school football in Texas without drums. Necessarily. You can't, yeah. you can't have, you can't have certain experiences without drums. We we wouldn't even have communication without drums. So it's, yeah. it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I appreciate guys like you who, are doing things different. You're willing to share it as well. You're doing things you're doing, uh, not necessarily that you're doing it differently. It's that you're doing something that people, that somebody else hasn't done before or, and they're they're not presenting it. You know, it's, well, I just only respect that, you know, man, I appreciate that. Uh, I would like to take credit for this idea, but this is the same thing. Sanford Moeller did way back in the day, just with older technology, you know, Right. Um, man, believe me, I love to take credit for that, you know. Uh, so, I mean, you know, like you said, they, they made it easy for me to be like plug and play. That's basically what I'm doing. Just like it kind of goes along with what I'm saying, though. That, yeah, it does. You know, and like, I don't know, like Mueller may not even be the entire basis of of the research, but it's an aspect that we wouldn't have without him. You know, like it's exactly uh at least the you know the ultimately the effort is seen and, and appreciated on all ends you know it's it's one of those things where you don't you, we don't know what it could provide yet but it definitely is going to provide something you know and and something along those lines where where maybe you know we we just get a lot of useful information out of it that will help us just be better better players better percussionists better people you know it's I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, what day do you present? Because I'm, I'm going to be at Pace It because I'll, I'll, nice. okay, I'll come gotcha. check it out. Uh, yeah. The 11th. I think it's at 11 too. I can 11. send you something on, on IG. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Or email, whatever. Yeah, whatever works. The, um, yeah, make sure what people, you know, people listen, they go and whoever's going, go check it out, you know. Um, uh, not, you know, it is a probably what an hour, hour long presentation, right? Hour long, you know, yeah. get there an hour before for the sound check. Yeah. Uh, I was able to, I was able to get, uh, um, uh, that time. So I, I'm pretty fortunate. And it's on Veterans Day, ironically. There you go. You know what would have been more ironic if it was the day before? Cause that's the Marine Corps' birthday. Oh, man. But I, I wouldn't be too greedy, that. you know? Yeah, I don't no, too of course not. <laughs> It's a hell of a 48 hours now. <laughs> yeah. 
man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And what are you, uh, I mean, what's the prep been like? I mean, has it been, uh, I know people who are, I know my buddy Cameron Lee's just playing at PASIC this year. And awesome. Yeah. I know that, I know that preparation is kind of, uh, an interesting endeavor, but what, what's been the prep process like for presenting at a, cause I, the, the ultimate thing that people say is like, you're presenting to a, a room of people that know what you're talking about. Like, you know, they, they're all there because they're interested in the same thing as you. So what's that prep process been like? Uh, the prep process has been, is, it's been, how do I take this, this, very small amount of data but to me it feels like a mountain of numbers mm-hmm. you know how do i take this mountain of numbers that's basically you know kinematic research or like mathematic based research alge- algebraic geometry how do i talk to drummers about mathematical ideas without losing the mathematical content right right and that's more the math teacher and me talking right so it's just like because I would feel if if I just go in there and be like, you know, if if I don't do that, I'd be shortchanging people, you know. Um, so I've just been basically reviewing the things I've been doing over the last couple of years. Um, excuse me, trying to trying to really internalize the information to where when I speak about it, it's not I'm not just jumbling or i'm not just speaking in mathematical jargon right yeah you know you know i, w- I want to use the the data as an aid not as a crutch or as something to hide behind you know right so that's what the process has been kind of like i mean the snare traps you know I, I, I stay on them not as consistently as i want to but you know uh, i keep them maintained at least at the level currently right now you know yeah it's yeah. never it's never on par with what we want, you know. It's like, necessarily, and yeah. I think as interesting you say that though. You don't want to you don't want to hide behind the data. That's that's interesting that you say that because um, you see that in different maybe terminology with we you know with clinics or presentations they hide behind that. But um, I think you use the term mathematical jargon. That's funny because. I think if you maybe throw too many numbers out there, people are like, wait, I can't keep up. Yeah. And that's a crazy thing too, because it's like people are afraid of math. You know, that's another thing I ran into. So it's just like, it's like, excuse me. You're good. It's like, it's like even I'm lucky I became a math teacher. Right. Like it was a very fortunate thing. And then to me to present here, it's not that these people are my students, it's that they share the same, or I'm anticipating they're going to share the same hesitance when it comes to mathematical ideas, right? Right. Okay, because that's a, that's a, like, from what I'm understanding, that's a very American phenomenon, right? I'm not, I don't know if you're hip to that, like, the, the phobia of math in America. No, I didn't. I'm not aware of that. I mean, I know I have it, but I didn't know it was, like, an American kind of genesis of it there's there's evidence to support that based on the declining of the scores over the last 30 50 years really yeah for the, i forget the world test name uh, but yeah so yeah. what's the 
is it fueled by like you know it's present it's presentation as like a, oh man i hate math like you hear that a lot right i'm or i'm not good at math i'm not good at math right yeah. where does that come from does that come from media does that come from entertainment jokes or man, comedy man, or... I, w- I wish i knew the answer i'd be making a lot of money well know? yeah yeah i'm sure, any, I'm sure <laughs> you know anybody would yeah you know what i'm saying yeah um but i do have some ideas it's like people think of math is like this mountain to climb right yeah uh, which, it, which it is you know it's, it's just like music uh one way i get to my students like i play a lot of guitar with them and just to be like you know it's going to sound really like hokey and like cliche or like I'm in a lifetime movie, you know, but it's like the amount of time it took me to learn the guitar. I took, I put the same effort and, you know, doing five plus five, you know, doing long division, you know, doing Pythagorean theorem, you know, graphing, graphing equations by hand, you know, doing yeah. my tables for my equations. Like I did, you know, drawing circles, you know, Dividing the circle, do the unit circles, square, all that stuff. Like basically uh, the rudiments, not to be hokey, but the rudiments of, of math, you know? Yeah. Which are like, which are like what? 300 BC, you know? The fundamentals of math. Yeah. The fundamentals, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you just got to, you know, hey, uh, copy what I copy. <laughs> and, right. And, and work out this problem you got all the directions right here you know yeah i'll walk i'll walk around if you need some help you know it's the same thing with teaching uh whether it be a specific rudiment or a scale or a scale pattern or a a technical concept it's like i don't know what it about it i think a lot of people are visual learners i think a lot of people look at don't think in numbers i think they think in you know words or maybe visually and it's it's just one of those things where, you know, it's something I'm going to have to look at that now that you say it. The fact that it's an American phenomenon and how it's kind of just spread like wildfire, this idea of like, oh, I'm not good at math. But it's like, no, yeah, you could exactly. be, though. Like, Yeah, you could be. It's almost like an entire reform of the curriculum almost like has to take place, which is, in educational terms, pretty daunting, but yes, interesting. Hmm. Yes. And, and the thing is with music, I don't know how you feel this, if you feel this way, if we take out, if you take out the emotional and the psychological context of it, it is, it is almost pure mathematics at that point. You know, if we're talking about sign functions and, and, you know, time itself right. and how things fit into time, especially with like, you know, sequences and joint with like the motion capture stuff. Like it's real, it's real like human anatomy and mathematics based, you know. Right. Uh, very geometric, algebraic, you know. Yeah, uh, and people just hear those terms and already like I think people listening are just like, well, wait, what? And you know, like, yeah, clamming up, like, you know, they clam up. up, you know, yeah, yeah. But and maybe if it's presented in a different way, maybe it's if it's presented, if it's presented in a way that maybe I don't even know. I know a lot of people like history you know, like our social studies or some kind of aspect in that where it's presented that way. I don't have all the answers, but man, that's super interesting. You bring that up. That is, well, there's a few wild. examples of that. There's a quote by Thelonious Monk. Um, 
where he says, uh, you know, all musicians are secretly mathematicians, right? Mm. Um, I mean, there's also an example of like the second Vienna school with uh, Arnold Schoenberg, you know, with yeah. the serialism, right? Yeah. That was a, that was a highly algebraic method of composition. 12 tone matrices and 12 tone matri matrices themselves. That's algebra, you know, yeah. that's, that's like fundamental algebra, you know? Right. Or even someone like John Coltrane. I don't know if you've seen a lot of his uh, sketches that he used to do with this uh, circle of fifths. No, I didn't. Yeah, very mathematical. He graphed out some stuff. I, I can't really understand it. Uh, it's a little high level, very uh, esoteric as well. Yeah. Akin, akin to like a Pythagorean uh, kind of culty, you know, vibe to yeah, it. Right. But I mean, it has some, it has some legit mathematics in there. An idealism um, kind of behind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Wow. Um, and there's many more examples of, of that practice for mathematics, particularly, especially when it comes to electronic music, right? Because that's all built on schematics that are explained through mathematics, right? Right. So, I mean, yeah. even like... Ahead, sorry. Well, I'm just saying it feels like percussion and electronics go hand in hand these days. You know, we're going to have to. Uh, some people already do understand it more than others, but we're going to have to at some point as a as a whole. I think I think a, a really great example of that would be like Sly and Robbie. I don't know if you're familiar with Sly Dunbar. Mm -mm. Uh, they were on like so many hit tracks. Uh, I think they uh, they they did a lot of reggae tracks, like a lot okay. of dub. Um, but he was doing all these weird effects with these pads and and delays and all this stuff. And yeah. this was back in the 80s. And, you know, um, I mean, same thing with like the synthesizer and stuff. Well, I mean, I personally think like, and this is going on a deep tangent or like a real different tangent. But I think percussion like includes like guitar and piano, if that makes any sense. No, oh, yeah. Like. Like pedagogically, you said earlier, like like what's your next step? I asked myself the same thing. I was like, okay, if I if I'm breaking down the snare drum in this manner, what else falls into hitting something repeatedly and getting hopefully the same sound out of some type of chaotic system, you know? Yeah. And piano is a little bit less chaotic, but uh, like well, like guitar and vibra vibrating strings and oscillating membranes i mean that's all like to me they're all the same yeah and uh i would i would definitely i think the biggest argument it comes from the piano is is it a string or percussion or both and it's like eh, it's you know it leans more towards percussion i think than anything um and with a guitar it's like eh, you could argue the same thing especially it's like electric guitar and, and acoustic both to me. It, it, you're making me think about like all these kind of like mathematical things that we take part in each day. Then we'd have like no idea, you know, or that, a lot of people that are so don't. that are so internalized and that we're experts at, you know, like driving is one of them, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, um, some, would, some would argue the world is math. <laughs> Some would argue that I'm not, I'm, I try not to think, uh, I just try to think of numbers as numbers, you know? Right. Uh, but I mean, 
Yeah. Yeah, you could you could make that argument. Who would have thought you come to the Rudy Mill podcast and start a math argument, you know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> but uh but yeah, man, this this is great. I think this is this is important stuff, you know, and uh, I appreciate kind of like, like I mentioned earlier, I appreciate what this, what kind of conversations will probably happen from this. You know, it's, I'm looking forward to the presentation too. I'm definitely going to, definitely going to come by and check it out. You know, I'm looking awesome, forward to it. Josh. Awesome. Yeah, yeah man. It, uh, so say the time of the, of the uh, presentation me, again. Let, let, let me, 11. 11 a.m. Let me look it up for sure. Yeah. Let me. I just got an email from them today. Uh. Oh, it's at 12. The sound checks at 11. Okay. It's at room. It's in room two two o one, November 11th on that Friday. Got it. Let me see. It's for 50 minutes. They said unless unless otherwise noted. So I got to keep that 50 minutes. Got it. So 12 to 12, uh, 12 to 1250. Yeah. So mine, I have my guidebook pulled up. Mine is listed in central time. So it's 11 a.m. Central time. Ah, there we so, go. So, okay. um, room 201. And yeah. motion capture analysis of snare drumming technique. Yeah. That's it. Nice. Unless yeah, there's man. another guy, you know. Yeah, there's another guy doing the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah hey, that's possible. It's possible. Yeah. So, um, one, one final question for you is, um, what's the next step after this presentation? Like, what do you want to do with this, with this research and these experiments? Uh, I want to write, have to write some type of paper for it. Um, I written a couple things, but, uh, I definitely wanted to get a reaction get more questions before I publish something because like I said before, I can just ramble on about the math. Um, so after this presentation, I'm definitely going to write something within the next six months based on the data and try to push that out. Hopefully uh, with combining with the PASIC and that, and that paper, I can convince a lot of other schools to just start it on their own, you know, because that would yeah. be my dream, is they could just, hey, you know, this is, like I said before, like, this would be your data. This is, you own all that. You own the experiment. And really try to convince colleges to cross-collaborate. Like, you know, people in the math department come over, you know. Yes, yeah. Uh, biomechanic people come over, you know. Uh, physical therapists, you know. Uh, of course, drummers, you know. Use those resources. Use the resources, available. I mean, because they're already there, you know. That's that's the only reason I was able to do it. I was a linguistics major doing research in the anthropology department, you know. So it was just like, you know, it can happen, you know. People yeah. just, you know, people, people just, I guess, got to see it happen first and be on the same page. It's, it don't, it doesn't cost anything either, you know, except time. Yeah. A lot of time, yeah. Are you, what kind of... I can't believe I didn't ask this before because I'm such a camera nerd. What did you use to capture? Oh, I, I could pull it up. It's on the. Let me let me get there real quick. Yeah. 
because uh, I got the exact model somewhere. Uh, let me see. Give me one sec. I'm on the I'm on the research page right now. All good. Okay. All right, pulling it up right now. I feel like such an old man with this. <laughs> okay, there we go. Basler 602F monochrome cameras. Interesting. Could you say uh, it one more time? Basler, B-A-S-L-E-R, 602F, monochrome cameras. There was five of them. Okay. And I use a system called Vicon Modus System from Oxford, UK. Wow. And, 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 the, and the, uh, the cameras are Basler Vision Technologies, Arnsberg, Germany. Wow, this is yeah. interesting. But they they were cameras really available from the anthropology uh, professor that I that I was working in her lab. She oh, was a was primate locum. Huh? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, she was a primate what? Locomotion expert. She's like one of the leading. Eliza Shapiro. Where Where is she at? University of Texas at Austin. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, anthropology, I believe, yeah. The locomotion uh, college or locomotion section of it. Gotcha. That's super interesting, dude. Yeah, I took her class. I was taking a class one day, and she came in and started walking around like a monkey. <laughs> right? And yeah. this was an undergrad class, right? And it was a primate locomotion. And she just started doing different types of, like, gates for different type of primates. Like, physically doing them. Yeah. And I was like, man, this woman's a genius. I gotta, I gotta, I'm got, i going to ask her to do this idea with me to see if she see if she like it. And she did. So. Wow. Yeah, she was very nice. How do you spell her, her name? L-I-Z-A. Liza. Shapiro S H. A P I R O. <laughs> oh, there she is. Got it. Yeah, she's a beast, man. She got so many citations. Her CV's real long, you know. Man, I'm gonna have to nerd out on this. Yeah, I mean, she knows her stuff. Uh, I was very fortunate to, you know, like I said, that she was teaching the class because she's like a full professor, you know, researcher, and she was doing that undergrad class, you know. Yeah. So I was real lucky to where, to where, you know, she let me use the lab and let me do all the data. Wow. You know. Will, will, will she be at the presentation or is it just you? Uh, it's just me right now. Okay. Um, but w she, she's open to continuing the research um, with the UT students, which yeah. is kind of like what I want to do, right? With yeah. The, with the other schools, so. Very good. Yeah. Man. Man, this is great, man. I'm 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 looking forward to it. And I know the audience is too. And um 
Yeah, it's gonna be great, man. We'll have to we'll have to hang while we're there, and uh, of course, I'm definitely gonna promote this for you and and try to get you, you uh, try to get you as many people there as possible to check this cool stuff out. This is really interesting, man. Thank you, Josh, for having me on. Yeah, man, Andre, this is uh, this is episode. I don't even know. We're at fifty something. Fifty. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we're we're getting up there. Yeah. Or I guess we're getting old. I don't even know. That's um, good. Yeah. We, uh, you want to tell people where they can where they can follow you or uh, yeah. plug socials? Yeah, I have I have Instagram. It's R U D K N O W. I have a website. It's www.rudknow.org. There you go. If you can see the theme, you know. Rude No. Yeah, Rude No. And you can see there's some of the data on there. And I'm working on getting all the data on there. So yeah. right. all the data with explanations, you know, not just a list of numbers, you know what I'm right. saying? Right. <laughs> yeah. Not There'll just zip files, you know. <laughs> people yeah. would think you're coding or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, well, great, man. Uh, yeah, you can uh, follow us on uh instagram at the rudimental pod you can find me at hartwell drums all over the place and um just want to thank you again for coming on dude this is uh and i'm glad we got to do it you know amongst the craziness of texas marching season and oh yeah i appreciate you squeezing me in oh dude it's not a problem Uh, i'm wrapping up my season tomorrow which is gonna be good and um awesome so uh, I'll see you at PASIC, bro, and I'll see okay. who everyone everyone else who's going to be at PASIC. I'm going to do some live pods with some people, uh, Cameron Leach being one of them, and um, it'll be great. So uh, that's it for this one. We'll see you next time.